This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can pull up your home life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. To learn more, visit cox.com slash this is home. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? We're going to choose a podcast. My name is Salman Ali, at Salman Ali NBA on Twitter. Here joined by nobody because I tried to get two guests on today, and they both said no. And, you, and I was like, you know what? I actually want to do this solo today. And the reason I want to do it solo is because I have some things I want to get off my chest. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Rockets. Uh, pretty uh, newsworthy day today with Ted, Tad Brown stepping down as CEO of the Rockets. We'll get to all that. But I want to talk about the NBA more generally. Because I just find myself really hating the season. Like, this is my least favorite season. I want to say the last 10 years, but I I think it might be ever. Like, I I can't think of an NBA season I enjoy less than this. It's been been hell. (laughs) Like, uh, from, from the start where it just felt rushed, we packed in 72 games. Uh, a playing tournament and you know regular playoffs no no condensed playoff series full seven games and it's like I guess we're just gonna have to get through it and you know we've had no fans at games uh COVID protocols so a lot of players missing games due to that a ton and I mean a ton of injuries and it's gotten to the point where every time like uh, like I'm always gonna find something in the NBA that I enjoy, right? That I that I get attracted to because I'm just that much of a fan. I'm a, like if if one if the team I'm I'm covering isn't interesting, I'll find something interesting because the NBA is always interesting. And even this season, I'm just finding myself like not as interested. There's just not that many compelling storylines. I guess the MVP race, but even the MVP race, the interest is driven by the fact that there's been so many injuries. Otherwise, Joel Embiid would have ran away with this thing. And there's just an apathy I have for this season where it's like, I just want to get it done. I just want to put it in the rearview mirror. mirror. And, and other reporters I talk to feel the same way. Like nobody, and I mean, nobody enjoys this season. We're, we're kind of finding ourselves, you know, trying to get enthusiastic about our work and really it's it's one of those seasons where it's like yeah this might just be a crappy season that we have to bank and get over with and it, it doesn't help that the team I cover is so so bad and uneventful like there hasn't been anything eventful for the Rockets since the trade deadline and obviously I'm contradicting myself because Tad Brown did step down today so that is pretty eventful but 
really, there's not much on the schedule to look forward to from a Rockets perspective until the lottery in June. Like, it's April right now. And the Rockets are just running out the clock. And I don't blame them. You know, like this season does not look fun. If I were a player out there, I would not be having fun. Uh, Not not only on the Rockets, but on any team. It just it it just doesn't look like it's it's a lot of fun out there. I I I don't see a lot of enjoyment. Right? You know, players have good games and they'll enjoy themselves. Right? They'll show that emotion. Obviously, I'm not. I don't want to say no one's having fun. COVID nineteen has really put like a black spot over the entire season, and. It's translated, obviously, to every organization, but more to the Rockets because they thought they had something to play for at the beginning of the season, right? Like, obviously, they knew they had a difficult balancing act in trying to keep James Harden happy and trying to get him to buy into the program. But I think I genuinely believe that people in that organization wanted to try and compete this season. And even after they traded James Harden, I believe the plan was to try to be good. I really do. The whole reason they continue to tear down the roster after they traded James Harden is because of that losing streak. Really, like the season turned on a dime like that. Like otherwise, I I, I really do believe there's a good chance PJ Tucker finishes off his season with the Rockets and Victor Oladipo as well. But because they were losing at such a high volume, PJ Tucker just didn't want to be involved anymore. And the Rockets accommodated him by trading to a, a contender. And Victor Oladipo, I, I don't believe he viewed Houston as a spot that he would consider in free agency. <laughs> That's putting it obviously generously. Uh, he had other teams he wanted to go to, particularly Miami. But for the first handful of games, I genuinely believe Victor Oladipo was giving Houston a fair shake. And then obviously he became... <laughs> a shot chucker, right? Uh, looking out for himself. And that's fine. Like, again, I don't blame any player for wanting to get out of this situation. This Rocket situation does not look fun. And now the Rockets are where they're at, where everybody is just trying to run out the clock and get to free agency. And for Rockets fans, I really do believe there is like an apathy there where they have kind of tuned out the Rockets, right? Like I was talking to a friend the other day, diehard Rockets fan. He's actually not on Twitter, uh, which is um, surprising for any modern sports fan. But like, you know, a good friend of mine uh, watches every Rockets game, really invested, you know, pays attention to all the news, all that stuff. And I just asked him, like, are you watching Rockets games? <laughs> like, are, are, are you paying attention to Rockets games? And again, keep in mind, this is someone who was not missing games. And he point blank told me, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll catch a game every once in a while, but not really. And I wonder how many of those fans exist where people just aren't watching the season. You know, I, I know the diehards are gonna, always going to be the diehards, right? The, the guys in the clutch fans forums, guys on Twitter, those people always watch every game. And they're always going to have their opinions and everything, all that stuff. But I think the bulk of the fan base are not watching... Rockets games regularly right now because they know that this season really does not matter. And if they're going to continue to lose, there's really not another objective there, right? Like the only objective is for Houston is to try to keep that top four pick or try to keep the best odds at keeping that top four pick. There's no guarantee there. Right now they have a 52% chance at keeping that pick. 
other than that, there's not there's not an objective for this season, right? Like it's just not even player development because there's like what? How many young players? Like three, right? Like Kevin Porter Jr., um, KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate, and that's it, right? Like everybody else on the roster is like 25 years or older. Uh, maybe Daniel, I, even Daniel House is like 25, I believe. Uh, DJ Wilson, you know, like there's not a young core here yet. And that's probably what Houston is going to focus on over the next couple of years is developing that young core. But for, for this season, there's not a young core to develop. There's not, there aren't players to watch other than Kevin Porter Jr. There are still a lot of veterans here that I believe Houston will start shipping out. You know, like I don't believe it's likely that John Wall finishes out his contract with Houston. I don't believe Eric Gordon finishes out his contract with Houston. Hell, I'd, I I would be surprised if Daniel House finishes out his contract in Houston. I don't think it's all going to happen at once. You know, I think they're going to trade a lot of these players one by one. But um, again, like if there's not an objective there, if there, if there's not like a other than losing games, if there's not a developing young players objective there, it's a really tough team to tune into night in and night out. Like even myself, I'm watching them after the fact, so I don't have to watch commercials to save time, right? Because I have other stuff going on. So I'm watching them after the fact, and um, it's it's a really tough watch, right? Like, you know, the, there's some interesting stuff there, right? Like with Christian Wood and Kelly Olynyk sharing a front court together. That's interesting, right? Like um, you wonder whether or not Houston can possibly resign Kelly Olenek this summer but other than that like it's it's a pretty brutal rush let's talk about the news of the day shall we the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. So, Tad Brown stepped down as CEO of the Rockets today. And the reaction was obviously predictable. And I actually don't think it was wrong, right? Like, you look at the direction of the franchise for the past four years. It's been a constant teardown, right, at all levels of the franchise. Just people leaving uh, left and right. Like, here's a list I tweeted out today. In the, in the last four years, the Rockets have lost Leslie Alexander, obviously because he sold the team to Tillman Fertitta, Tad Brown because he stepped down today, Daryl Morey because he stepped down and went to another team, Garrison Rosas because he got hired away, Monty McNair because he got hired away. Brett Johnson because unfortunately he passed away uh, tragically. Um, Mike D'Antoni because he stepped away. Uh, Jeff Bizdelic, um because he stepped away too. And James Harden because he essentially stepped away too. He asked for a trade out. Like this organization, yeah, a lot of these faces have been with the team for sometimes over a decade, but they're fresh faces to people outside of the organization, right? Like it's it a lot of these, you know, people have not been in their positions before, 
right? The, I suspect the new CEO will be someone who has not been a CEO for an NBA team before. Uh, the new general manager, Rafael Stone, has a lot of experience in the front office uh, and with the Daryl Morey and company, but this is his first time at the general manager chair. Totally different responsibility. Steven Silas, never been a head coach before. Just a lot of fresh faces and a totally different organization as far as what we should expect from them, right? Like, I don't think we should look at the Rockets and expect them to operate similarly anymore, right? And that could be a good, a bad, or an indifferent thing, right? It's not, it's just, there's just too many different people at all levels of the organization, right? Like, it's just, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Uh, It's not the same people. And uh, we're gonna, they're going to be judged under a microscope uh, by, obviously, the fan base, by people who cover the team, like me. You know, Rafael Stone's been pretty aggressive, made nine trades already. Uh, we're going to evaluate those trades in the short term and the long term to see how he is, uh, see if he's ready for this seat. Uh, Steven Silas, I, even, I, I don't think this season should be dismissed at all. You know, I see a lot of people talking about how it's a really tough situation to be in. I sympathize with the man, right? Like, there's a lot of Steven Silas sympathizers out there, and I I definitely count myself among them, right? He came in uh, to coach a contender, and he has been on a constant roller coaster. But listen, these wins and losses, they count. They go on your record, and we have to judge you accordingly. Now, Obviously, he gets a lot of slack, uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of changes, not a lot of consistency, and not a lot of practice time. So he gets some slack, obviously. But this is our first season evaluating, and we can't just dismiss this entire season. And the same thing with Rafael, and same thing with Tillman. You know, four years in, like his report card is not very rosy, especially this summer. Uh, allowing Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Morey to walk away to different teams in one summer is a black mark. I don't know how else to look at that other than a black mark. And Tad Brown, you know, who has been with the organization for almost two decades. You know, I know Tad said at his press conference today that this has nothing to do with ownership, but we have to look at the common denominator, right, in all these moves. It's just it's just the way it goes. Even Daryl, right, like Daryl has been a big look at the common denominator when it comes to bad organization. I'm not even saying it's a bad organization. I'm saying this is an unstable organization right now. They have not found stability in quite a long time. It's been very rocky. Like It's going to be a while before they get there. Uh, and they need to find that, that 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 ground quickly. They need to hire the CEO quickly, which obviously they're going to do. And... They need to find some consistency in their roster, their coaching situation, their general manager situation, everything. There needs to be some stability for there for there to be growth. So, yeah, right now the Rockets are in a pretty precarious place. A lot of new territory. If you're a fan of the team, I would understand if you're looking at the t- the organization right now and being like, "What the hell." <laughs> You know, like this is all the all the people you came to know and trust over the past decade are gone, and they're they've been replaced with sure people in the, that have been in the background for a while, but people who have been in the background for a while, people you don't know, people who have not filled these seats before. So this organization's 
pretty much brand new as far as I'm concerned. They're, they're not the same Rockets. And I don't care which way they try to spin this. Tad Brown talked today about his succession plan and how he trusts, you know, whoever his predecessors are going to be. But ultimately, like, his predecessors new. It just, it just is. And they may or may not have a new approach. He doesn't know that. It's just a lot of uncertainty. And I, I'm real I really want to see um a second off season with this new front office, with this new coaching staff, especially this new coaching staff. I want I Steven Silas obviously deserves some as I said, he deserves some slack for this season, but how he does with it with a full training camp for next season is going to be pretty you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching that. Uh so far I have not been given any indication that he is an excellent coach. That doesn't mean I think he's a bad coach. I haven't. I also haven't been given any indication that he's a bad coach. What could be telling is that he hasn't shown why he's an excellent coach. And a lot of excellent coaches overachieve, right? They win with rosters they're not supposed to win with. And I'm not even saying that that's, that's what you should be expecting from Steven Salas because... Obviously, his circumstance is different from any sort of tanking team or rebuilding team. But next season, the Rockets are going to be more of a traditional tanking or rebuilding team. And how he succeeds with that roster or doesn't succeed will say a lot in whether or not he gets a contract extension in three or four years. Because the Rockets are going to be talking about that kind of stuff internally. Like, that's stuff that matters, especially when you're trying to develop a young core you know, whether or not this guy is the guy to see that young core through. So, there's not a lot to get to on today's podcast. And that's because not a lot has changed. You know, uh, it's been more of the same. The Rockets have racked up a ton of losses. But the Sterling Brown thing was obviously really scary. Uh, I can't imagine the fear he felt getting assaulted outside a club like that. Uh, obviously, he violated COVID protocols, but come on, like <laughs> that that is not the story here. This is a guy who's had to deal with tough off-court stuff before uh, in Milwaukee, and having it happen to him again, that's just terrible luck. Uh, I feel, feel for him. I, I, I hope he recovers soon. All right, guys, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, give us five stars on iTunes as well because that helps people find it. And good night, guys.